This is Live from the Table, the official podcast of New York's world famous Comedy Cellar, coming at you on Sirius XM 99. Rado. <laughs> and on the Laugh Button Podcast Network, Dan Natterman here with Pierre Ashenbrand, our producer. She's also an on air personality. That wasn't the original intention. She just kind of <laughs> came, came to be. A known dwarven owner of the world famous present. Comedy Cellar is present and accounted for. We have with us an old friend. Uh, and Comedy Cellar Podcast veteran and alumni, uh, Dove Davidoff Present, is here, yeah. uh, real estate yeah, entrepreneur, yeah, yeah. actor, and comedian is with us. We do want to discuss at the top of the show before uh, our, our other guest, Dave's Y, gets here. The recent uh, death of uh, Norm McDonald died at the age of 61 after a long battle of cancer of an unknown type. Uh, he, no one knew he was sick. Uh, I guess he kept it secret from pretty much everybody. I, his doctors obviously knew. I don't know. But I guess I assume his family knew, but a few others knew. And of course, there was a great an outpouring of support and love for Norm. That is, I think, rather rare in the comedy world. I mean, you know, when comics die, there's he was beloved, but he was more beloved than most. I mean, not since Robin Williams have I personally witnessed this level of outpouring. I agree. Of love and admiration and adulation. Wow. Adulation uh, for, Nor- for 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 a comic. Uh, then yeah. is the case with Norm. Uh, Norm is busy on his phone, <laughs> tapping away. I don't know what he's up to. This is important. Go ahead. Okay. okay. <laughs> Go ahead. Well, do, do you think Norm knew how adored he was? Oh, I don't know. I, I met Norm one time and only one time. Since people like to share their Norm stories, mine is is not. Uh, I only have one. It's I met him. I was opening for him about fifteen years ago or so. It was at the beginning of the social media era, and MySpace was new, mm. and he was completely befuddled by it. And I, I just briefly talked with him backstage. He goes, yeah, it's Dane Cook. He's on, he's on MySpace asking people to be his friend. What's, what's that about? <laughs> um, so he was sort of befuddled by the whole notion of uh, friend requests on MySpace. And that was, uh, that was all we really talked about. And then, and then I opened for him, and he did his joke about... Um, his joke about how uh, people say my son is gay, and uh, I'm proud that my son is gay. And uh, he said, well, I can see you being proud of your son that happens to be gay, but I don't know why people would be like, hey, you know, my son, he's really, he's, he's getting good grades at school. He just made, oh, he just made the football team. Oh, yeah, and you know what else? He loves cock. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, that's... By the way, Periel would be very, Periel told me she'd be proud of her son was gay, she'd be proud of her son is trans. I, I made the same thing, like, aren't you going overboard, like... Like, who cares, right? You don't care if your son's gay, but proud of him? Like, it's an accomplishment? Or, like, like she pref- she'd prefer it if her son were gay? I don't know which I think is, is uh, heterophobic. I don't, th- I don't know if I'd prefer it, but yeah. I would be thrilled if my son were gay. Why thrilled? Because well, it would, look, as opposed to being straight? Well, in, her, in her social circles, people would, you know, I elevate see, her. Yeah, yeah, that would elevate the status. She'd become a big star. Yes, no, no, yes. No, no, she's no, no, homosexual. That, that has nothing to do my with My mother's it. like that, too. It, I, your mother's amazing. <laughs> wow, that's one word for it. Um... Because also he'd never leave me. Yeah, I see what you they mean. Make good, they make good sons. Oh, you're, you're, now you're stereotyping gay people. They make good sons. All of my gay guy friends are amazing to their moms, as opposed to like you know my mother-in-law hates me. But I you'll never be. You'd never. Uh, well, it's so it's all unlikely you. you'd be a grandmother. Yeah. <laughs> it's unlikely you'd be a grandmother. No, unless you're I, I've got a, several gay. Couple friends who have yeah. kids, yeah. Well, I mean, more and more. Like, look, uh, what's his name? Just had a kid. Um, uh, uh, Buddha Jedge and, and what's his name? Chastin? Christian. Chastity? No, no. no. So much uh, for Norm Ch- McDonald, Ch- huh? We'll <laughs> get back to Norm. We're just 
basically saying that more and more people are having kids <laughs> that are gay. Jason? Something like that. Yeah. Um, but getting back to Norm, um, the most impressive thing, I, I, you know, I, I, as oftentimes happens when people die, I go on YouTube and I do a, a bit of a deep dive. <laughs> and, uh, no, uh, Norm, um, Norm, there were some, you know, a lot of uh, videos on YouTube that, that people have been watching. The one that impressed me the most, personally, was Norm's performance at the Bob Saget roast. Now, people roast most of the time. They're trying to get the biggest laughs possible with mm. the most edgy, gut-punch jokes right. that they can. Whereas Norm just went out and he, it was like performance art. It yeah. reminded me of Andy Kaufman. He... He went out and he did jokes that were ridiculously corny and 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 uh, and soft. They, he, yeah. he wasn't trying to hurt anybody. So, for example, he said, uh, uh, you know, he said, uh, Greg Geraldo's got the eye of an eagle, the mind of a hawk, you know, the whatever, something like that. And he yeah, goes, yeah. this guy's for the birds. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And then, like he said about, um, he said about uh, Cloris Leachman, he said, Cloris Leachman, they say you're over the hill. Well, you'd never go over the hill with the car you drive. So it's just basically yeah. that kind of stuff. It's sort Very, of vanilla material in an like, environment where everything is at an edge. Yeah. Or with like, an edge. Like Bazooka Joe bubblegum yeah. comic insults. Like, yeah. you're like, you're like that's a, As a matter of fact, yeah. I think he might have gotten them from a joke book or something like that. Well, that may be. Yeah. You know, they sounded like joke book jokes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but, uh, but it was like performance art. It was like, here we are in an environment where everybody's trying to be as edgy as possible. You know, I think and part of the loss... Like we'll be with you in just one second. Sorry. Go ahead. Go we'll ahead. put a I'm, button I'm on it. Sorry. Was that there was an innocent, almost kind of a, na a naivete, but he wasn't. He was very intellectually curious, read a lot. But, but Norm was somebody who was, not, was less concerned with... Um, you know, a lot of things people he are concerned about. He was hilarious. But, no, and deeply, deeply yeah. funny. No, no, no. I, I, I didn't. Yes. I like the Bob Saget roast, but um, some of those appearances like on Conan where he tells oh, yeah, long, yeah. Original long Original and jokes. funny. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. An original voice, which is very rare. I really am curious about this idea that, you know, people have this outpouring of love and respect and admiration after you die. But I really do wonder if he knew how beloved he was while he was alive. And do you know how beloved you are, Periel? I do, actually. <laughs> <laughs> probably, probably less than I imagined. I think I he had a good idea. He had a very robust career. And um, I think he probably, you know, got a lot of praise whilst he was alive. And I don't know that he could feel it. I, I think that, I th which is probably a common theme with he, a lot he, of people that do humor is that they can't feel oh, it regardless. He had fans that were obsessed with him, too. Yes. Hey, but you know what's a great show? Star Search. You ever watch that show? God damn. That is an excellent show. Excellent. I'll tell you what the best thing about Star Search is. You get to see the stars of tomorrow today. You don't have to wait an extra day. <laughs> my favorite things on Star Search is the junior dancers. Those are my favorite, you know. I love those junior dancers because I, I like how Ed introduces them, you know. It's always like, uh, hot property! <laughs> then they all come dancing. <laughs> Too cute for you! <laughs> the funny thing about the junior dancers is it's not like if they win, they're gonna go on to become junior dancers. Like, there's no place in show business for that, you know? 
That's not like you're ever hanging out. Hey, honey, what do you want to do tonight? Go see a movie or something? Or maybe you know, grab a beer down at a bar or something? Hey, hey, I know. I know a good thing. Hey, why don't we go to that new joint they got down on Main Street there? That's a good club. They got uh, six-year-olds dancing. <laughs> yeah, I understand uh, Hot Property's gonna be there tonight. <laughs> They're good. Yeah, that's right, little children. Yeah, but they're better live than on TV, I've heard. They're good, they're dancing. That's right, little children dancing. Come on, honey, get your coat, let's go. We gotta beat the... Look at this, this yeah. is uh, edibles. Oh. Yeah, look at that. Is that what you were texting about when you no, were like, this is important? No, that's not what I was texting important? about. I, I was Guys, texting about somebody who, who tested uh, asymptomatic positive for COVID. All right. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. That's, that's, uh, Highly hungry. Highly hungry. To, to calm it down. <laughs> to calm it down. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Do we, let, let, so Mr. Zweig is here. Okay. Uh, let, should I introduce our guest? And I'm, I'm Mark Norman. You know, Mark Norman. Yes, Mark Norman is a huge uh, Norm Macdonald fan. He, and he took yeah. it very, very hard. I, I, I thought we would get him on the podcast, but I guess um, he wasn't available or he didn't want to talk about it. But um, I, I, I can't read your eyes, Pearl. It's not a hostage video. What? what I mean, he didn't write me back. Oh, he didn't write you back. Um, I thought maybe he was out of town. Uh, all right. Anyway, let me introduce David Zweig, who just joined us. Uh, David Zweig is a contributor to, I think, one of Noam's favorite magazines, The Atlantic, also New York Magazine, Wired and The New York Times, among other outlets, and the author of the nonfiction book, Invisibles. He's also working on a book about the pandemic called An Abundance of Caution. You can follow him on Twitter at, at David Zweig. Zweig is spelled Z-W-E. E I G I before E except after C <laughs> or in <laughs> sounded like A as in whatever, but in this case it's Z W E I G. David's Wag, welcome. and Gay. Da David's Wag, how are you? Good. Uh, uh, this is already an amazing beginning because I've heard my name pronounced perfectly by yeah. multiple people all go. in one sitting. It's yeah, like yeah. I should just leave now. How do, how do they say? They say Zweig. No, they Zweig? just said it correctly. No, but how do other people say it? Oh, I mean, it runs the gamut. Yeah. Zweigs, 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 Zweigs. Zweigs. Yeah. You know. yeah. uh, so this is already exciting for before me. Before I begin, <laughs> we uh, just uh, was wondering if you had any, uh, we'll talk, we can talk about it later, if you have any opinions about the Gabrielle Petito case, and we can uh, we can, <laughs> we can make some time at the end to discuss it. If not, then then then, uh, then and we won't, but. I, I'm not even familiar. Okay, never mind. Yeah, well, no, I'm not nor either. Am I, I, it's, nor a, it's the biggest yeah. story in the, in the country. A, it is? What is this? Well, it hit Dan very hard. It, Nobody else seems it, to have it's been one of these. It's one of these uh, gossipy uh, murder cases. Like, uh, is this a pretty young white girl that was like... Oh, the one who's missing? She's missing, but she was she found was, uh, murdered. And, of course, the number one suspect is her age-appropriate boyfriend. Um, so you know, I'm just saying. <laughs> the only thing I saw about it was um, someone had tweeted or said on air that it was something like, "Well, of course, because this was a white girl." Yes, that's the controversy. That's the controversy. The controversy is is yeah. is the media more likely to uh, talk about a missing white girl than a missing woman of color? And the answer is yes. And the answer yeah. is I, I, yes. yes. The answer is yes. Although none of you guys have any idea what's going on, so apparently maybe not. <laughs> well, it yeah. depends. Right, it depends what you call yeah. the media. These, it's like you know what right. you know. There could be like a giant story that, right? Like thirty years ago, there would be a huge story, and everyone would know that story in the same way that everyone watched yeah. Seinfeld. I don't think anything is huge anymore in the same way that it used to be. So even the biggest story yeah, in the that's country right. yeah. doesn't reach the same number of people in the same way that the biggest story of the country would have 20 or 30 years ago. 
That's correct. Also, Mr. Zweig is a, is a sinologist, and so <laughs> the you know I, this is not the, what the st- story you really want to communicate about with him. You want to get into what well, he's well. Right? well I, I just want to say he's from China. He studies I, China. I, but there's a lot going on in China right now, for God's sake. I, I, yeah, I just no, want to say, hold on, hold I, on. I, that but, is a different David Zweig. Just so oh, you know. Okay. No, my bad. <laughs> no, no, that that's this is this is <laughs> that's David Zweig. up right away. That's <laughs> David Zweig, you idiot. There's like. Yeah, yeah. At least five David Zweig. So oh. one of them is is a guy who they're all smart. <laughs> you guys, you guys have a lot of writers. Yeah, names a, lot, a lot of David Zweig. So that is a different. But he, you know, if you Google, it's like his picture with my bio. It's right. like this weird. Right. I can't believe so I fully, found you. Right, right. I'm yes, I'm impressed. I, I'm impressed. You got the wrong fucking David Zweig. <laughs> you wanted to talk about China. I apologize. Yeah. <laughs> I, do, I just want to. say, I'm That's thinking about this 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 um, black woman of color thing and a thing, and and it's certainly possible but there are other probably variables one is the um so tell me was, was she she looks like kirsten dunn so she's very pretty she's beautiful are they like uh, wealthy or like no uh, what are they? No, so the added angle is attractiveness it's not just white right well for instance like tawana brawley was a huge story huge she was yeah, a black was woman 30 years ago I, I know that, but the, and then, then well, I don't want to say that. then it was a woman in Chicago who we actually know that, that was Marina's that was a big story, not as big as this. But you're right. There's like what was it, Sh- Chandra Levy or something? Yeah, was that the one? Well, they call it missing. But white, that's because there was a congressman. Involved. Missing white woman syndrome is what some have named it. Right. So I'm I'm asking like list a few of the other missing white women. Lauren like, Spiegel. I never heard of her. It was a huge, well, uh, 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 a smart. Um, that girl, Elizabeth, Elizabeth Smart. Elizabeth Smart. smart. What was sort of, she was the one in Mormon. Was Mormon girl that was abducted, and they found her alive after she had been taken basically hostage and by and, aliens. By and, uh, and and are yeah. there stories? Yeah, I thought um, it was. Yeah. And then and then there, when there's there's a story with the police. You know, uh, um, with the woman who was shot with the. Um, the knock warrant, uh, or it turned out not to be a knock warrant. What's her name? Yes, uh, yes. Um, Breonna Taylor. Right. But that's a police story. So, I, yeah, so that's yes, true. that's different. But uh, are there are there um, stories that we know about of, of um, black girls who were in the same situation that weren't covered? I think it, some or? of it's socioeconomic, too. I think when you hear somebody went missing in the South Bronx, people go missing in apartment buildings. I mean, <laughs> when you're in certain neighborhoods, it's uh, a lot of people get shot. A lot of people. It's not big news. If you have 10 shootings inside of 30 days... It's no longer big news if there's an 11th so, shooting. So if you, so if you, you think if, side, you think if like shot, an up, it's if, big news, that's right? But that's not the only place black people live. You, you think like if a, uh, it's if, a it's, if, if if an upper middle class, um, pretty black woman in a, um, you it know, has nothing to do with the you, only you, place black people live. My analogy is about where shootings are common and where they're not. Right, but I'm as at, a function of, I understand airplay. It, but I'm asking, do you think that if it was like a a, a similar socioeconomic story? Yeah. Absolutely. Well, all yeah, the variables are the same. Yeah, if but Jay-Z's the, but kid gets is, kidnapped, believe me, it'll be on the front yeah, page no, of everything. Jay-Z is, that's like, you know, I'm making, I'm, 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 I'm making a grand analogy. If somebody from a, a, a upper-middle class neighborhood... You think of it as a one-to-one comparison. A thing. If the only difference is race, you think it would be covered there the may same be way. Some, there may be another variable difference. I don't know what, what, uh, what, how, what, what value to place on the metric, but I certainly know that... Depending on the number of people and and the degree of chaos in the current environment, that will correlate with uh, the amount of airplay that story gets. I, I think that all other variables held equal, the white girl gets more coverage. But my question is, is how important is media coverage to the resolution of these cases? It's very important. And the fact of the matter is we, we can't give... <laughs> can sometimes screw them up. We, we couldn't possibly give every missing person... There's not enough eyeball hours. It's a word I made up. I don't know. Eyeball <laughs> hours. There are not enough eyeball hours. E-O's, in we it. call it. E-H's. 
Is that what does that mean? Eyeball hour. hour. Okay. <laughs> There's not enough eyeball hours in a day to give every disappearing person a lot of media coverage. I don't okay. think I don't think a not, lot of people disappear. That's not the point. Yes, there so, are. So, so you know what we need to focus on is not giving huge media coverage to everybody that disappears. We need to focus on making sure law enforcement does its job with equal force and with equal robustness for all victims. All right, let's talk about COVID. <laughs> but do you have any comment to that? I, I agree with you. I, I'm, it's I'm, never happened. I'm, 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 op- always I'm open to the sociological uh, truth of, of, what you, of, of, of what the premise of the conversation. I'm not, I don't know if that's racism or if You think it's a poor just, white person uh, in West Virginia yeah. goes missing, he's going to get the same coverage as uh, uh, some hedge fund guy's kid on the Upper East Coast? He won't get of the same coverage, not. but will so the it's same. It's not just a function of race, though that's certainly a fact. But it's I mean, not just a matter of There's a lot of the, nuance. I mean, the media right the coverage, now. But will Zweig we, agrees with me. What do you know? <laughs> I, he won't get the same coverage, perhaps, but will the law enforcement give him the same treatment, which I think... No, of ma- course not. If, 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 if Noam's kid gets kidnapped, it'll be a, a much bigger story and probably more, of course, and probably more, you know, law enforcement kind of focus than if a guy who uh, was just convicted of a, of a meth felony and his kids are, you know, he's sort of in and out of his... And he's got seven kids, and they don't know what. It's just suffice to say, we're we're guessing, and we really don't know. I I think what my point is. I think what's more important is the is the response of law enforcement, not the response of the media. I I just fear that. uh, I just fear not fear. I I think that when a story is a good has a good interesting gossipy plot line that would make make a good movie, for whatever reason, that grabs attention. And, you know, and, and these stories that we know that have become like national things, they've all been interesting in one way or another. It's been, it's been more than just the fact Absolutely. that it was somebody white, because we presume for every one of these white girl disappearing stories that grabs the attention of the country, there are yes. probably a few dozen. That the hot broad about, gets right? the attention. You know that. Yeah. Oh, and was it was it Casey Anthony? She was hot. Yes. And then Scott Peterson. Uh, it's more correlated. He, he, with, he was hot. And, more uh, <laughs> correlated with 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 uh, you know looks than Casey than it Anthony is color was probably. super hot. That's what I'm telling you. <laughs> right, she was hot. She murdered her fucking two year old daughter. Oh, Benadryl. It was a, it was a little extra Benadryl. Like and Benadryl. you guys are really missing the forest for the trees. Okay, it co- is totally a function okay. of. Systemic racism. Well, okay, well, 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 that's fine. So let me ask you this: among let's let's say there was just dealing with the white cases, mm-hmm. what do you account? For, how do you account for the difference in the coverage between the various white girls who get? Uh, well, I think that in part what you're saying is true: is that it's attractiveness, it's socioeconomic, but also the media is primarily white, and they are more attracted to these stories of. These white girls, right? But how do you how do you account? I think they're more attractive to on. clicks. She, she's a white, yeah, but uh, leaving the leaving the race issue out. Just let's just take the white universe of these stories. Okay. How do you account for the drastic difference in that universe? Well, I think it's what you said. That's that's the hot girl. Well, it's the, it's the story. It's the hot girl. It's what's going to so, get clicks. Right. So right? so whatever the reason that. This white girl got more attention than all the white girls. Mm-hmm. Why would that not be the same reason this white girl got more attention than the black girls? Well, I mean, because w- I don't think you ever hear about black girls who go missing. Well, I, I named a couple off the top of my head. Um, no, you didn't. You yeah. named one. No, there was a woman in Chicago. I don't want to say her name because 
she, she, they don't make national stories. This like is a national any, story. Any of the girls. I mean, you don't, you don't, because you don't read. The, anyway, you don't care. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> you don't only read about the white girls. That's <laughs> 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 All right. Okay. So, Mr. Zweig, um, you, I heard you on. Was it, was it on we're on Megyn Kelly? I was. I heard you on yes. Megyn Kelly, and, and you were um, throwing a lot of cold water on the idea that, uh, that kids should wear. Mask, or that it's been, or that it's been, that has been properly and scientifically proven that kids should wear masks in schools. And just full disclosure, I have a, a, a nine-year-old, an eight-year-old, and a four-year-old all wearing masks. She has a, a, a nine-year-old, eight-year-old, eight-year-old, uh, eight-year-old also wearing a mask. Um, so this is a story close to home. So tell us a little bit. Give your spiel about the whole thing. <laughs> your spiel. <laughs> <My> spiel. <laughs> uh, well, because I because I heard of Megan Kelly and he gave it and he also wait, that's what he has to do has to give a synopsis of his story. Yes, so understood. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I also I have a twelve year old and a ten year old, so this is important to me too. Okay. Um, and so I wrote an article for New York Magazine uh, about masks and specifically um, the lack of evidence that mask mandates in schools um, are effective. And I approach this apolitically. I've been writing about COVID and children and children in schools and the sort of the nexus between kids, schools, and COVID since the spring of 2020. And I've always approached this sort of apolitically. I just want to find out what does the data show? What is the evidence? What's going on here? Is, isn't Rather it a funny time that you have to say? I know. I have to give my preamble. <laughs> no, like, that, that yes. is, I, I approach, you know, yes, the yeah, cure to, yeah, cure to cancer right. apolitically. Yes. Like, I'm compelled <laughs> to say I'm not anti-mask. I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I'm not a Republican operative. I'm not a... Like, so I, once I, like, do all that throat clearing... What a time. Um, yes, what a it, time. I mean, that's a whole other story, but um, which, which kind of ties into this. I mean, the blowback... That I get as a journalist in sort of, I guess, what you would call the prestige media. I mean, it's, yeah. it is challenging. So, um, but I, I think it's important to try to, you know, I, rather than just writing for an audience who's already kind of excited about, you know, who already is predisposed to believe something or think it, I, I, I'm, I'm fortunate enough to be able to write for places where, at least on this topic, the audience is probably more skeptical of some of this. Um, so, what I looked at was there was a study that published by the CDC, and it was of 90,000 students in Georgia. I think, I forget how many schools, something like 160-something schools. And there are essentially no studies that compare schools with masking mandates versus schools without masking mandates or a variety of other mitigation measures from, you know, uh, HEPA filters and uh, barriers, this, that, and the other. There's very, very little bit where you're doing what you would call like a cohort study where you're comparing. Almost all of the studies that people point to are, you know, mass work, mass work in schools, but they're doing mass plus a bunch of other things and they're not comparing it to anything else. There's a study out of Duke that got a ton of attention where they said they looked at, I forget, it was like a million students. It was a huge thing, but they didn't have a compare. There was no control group. It's just so if everyone's wearing a mask and they said, look, and the cases were low, surely that's, it's because of the mass. But you can't, that's not how science works. You can't do five different things and say, oh, it's because of thing number two that that's why it worked. You, you don't sure. know that. So, and, and the history of medicine and science is littered with examples where people were positive that they knew X, you know, was happening. And then it turned out later that that's not the case. Until you do a randomized control trial or other sort of comparative studies of some sort, it's very challenging to make any sort of claim when you're doing multiple things. So here's the interesting thing. The CDC puts out a study 
does not get a lot of attention. Um, but because I'm a crazy research person, I read everything. And this study was of 90,000 students, and they actually did compare schools with mask mandates to some schools that didn't have mask mandates. And what they found was there was no statistically significant benefit of the schools that did mandate masks for students. Interestingly, what they also found was there was no statistically significant benefit for HEPA filters, for barriers, or for distancing. These are sort of like, you know, this is like almost like, you know, heresy to say, to say this. And in the summary at the top of the study, which of course is the only thing that most people read, journalists, they just kind of tend to look at the summary, the abstract. Um, they mentioned that masking teachers did provide a benefit, that's what's in the summary, and that um, ventilation, you know, from like getting fresh air, that also they saw a benefit. But they, what they left out of the summary were all these other what are called null findings, which means where you don't find a statistically significant benefit. And I thought, man, that's kind of insane. They leave out, it's just as important to not find something and mention that than, the thing, than to only mention the things that you do find. Would you so, say that was political? I mean, I, it's hard to imagine any reason, and, and this is not my opinion. I talked to a, a whole variety of experts on this, and I quote a few of them in the article, and they said that that is, in, in their mind, that was totally inappropriate because masks are such an important issue and HEPA filters and all this other stuff, to not mention that you didn't find a statistically significant benefit, to not also put that in your summary at the top of the study, I mean, that that seems like a kind of a nonsensical decision. It's intellectually dishonest. And it, so it's the manifestation right. of some politicization. It could, could be, or, trying just, or just trying to get coverage for the study, you know, who knows. I, I mean, so to me, look, that, and sure enough, look what happened. No one wrote it. You took, you know, me, essentially, or I read the whole thing, and I'm like, oh, there we are, you know, uh, a thousand or several thousand words in. Then you start reading, and you look at the tables where they put all the stuff. I'm like, Oh, holy beep. Yeah. You know, oh, and then and then I call up, um, you know, at this point I have like a Rolodex of infectious disease people at, at Harvard and different places who I talk to practically every day. And I'm like, am I crazy or is this, am I reading this properly? And they're like, okay, let's go. So, and that kind of led me on the road. So, and then I wrote about this study for New York. And then on top of that, um, if you look at the CDC's guidance, um, I don't know if it's changed in the last month, but but on their page, they you know where they say we recommend masking students in school, and there's a whole bunch of citations, you know, where there's little footnotes. I actually go went through, clicked on every single citation um, that seemed to reference in some manner masking mandates and why they may be effective. That the CDC the, here's our evidence. Here's our evidence for why we're making this recommendation. And you start clicking through and you start reading every one of these studies. I made a huge spreadsheet. I had an epidemiologist fact check me and go through it herself as well to make sure I wasn't misinterpreting something. Every one of these studies had either um, like the thing I mentioned about Duke, where it was, yeah, there were masks in schools, but they were doing five other things at the same time. They listed studies where kids weren't wearing masks. Like, I think it was in Switzerland or somewhere else. And I'm like, that was part of their proof for why you should wear masks in schools was a study where no one was wearing them, where the kids weren't wearing masks. They did yeah. something with a hair salon. It was like, it was insane. It was, I, I was like astonished that this is the evidence being given for why they want to do masks. So, so let me ask you, and by the way, this, this, I, I check footnotes a lot as well. Good, good, good. And it is not uncommon at all 
that the footnotes have sometimes they they are exactly the opposite of the point. You see that like very <laughs> right. often exactly I saw the footnote one today. says this is not valid. Checks will not be on. <laughs> right. It, right. There was an there was an article in the urban uh, urban something uh, blog. About, we got some coverage about uh, how objectivity is uh, is racist and um, blah blah blah. And uh, and anyway, it, it it was a footnote to a study. And the study said exactly the opposite of what. But is it underlying? Oh, wait, 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 wait. Yeah. So, so this is my thing. Um, do masks work for adults? So, the thing with masks is, <clears throat> one of the problems is we just use the word masks, but N95 masks. Right. So there is some pretty good evidence that some masks work on some people in some circumstances, <laughs> and and because th- that that's really how you have to refer to it. N95s do seem to show a really good effect, particularly if they are fit tested, which is healthcare workers get these masks. Everyone remembers like all those images of the nurses and doctors where you saw their face all ripped up because they were wearing an N95. That's how an N95, when it's fit properly, it's sealed on your face so no air can get in or around the edges. So, okay, but what about KN95s, which are more, right, you, which the, is what I'm wearing right Chinese now. The Chinese version, yeah. More, well, they're not. Oh, neo- you are a Chinese specialist. Yeah. <laughs> they're <laughs> not NIOSH approved. I mean, some of them are not Chinese because some of them uh, are NIOSH approved. Oh, right, right, right. Yes. Okay. That, so, so the KN95s are more widely available. That's what I'm wearing right, right now. I right. mean, are are those effective? I th- They appear to be. Similar to a regular N95, right? And even even surgical masks masks appear to be somewhat effective. So, so I'm so so there's N95s slash KN95s, surgical masks, and then there's the like cloth masks that you bought off of Etsy or like. But this is but this is where I'm going with that. Right, Right. that's not like that's useless. That right, that does nothing or or not a lot. Use it as a condom. Not useless. It says I love Aruba. (laughs) That is that is important (laughs) (laughs) to communicate. Hold on, let me let me get to my point. Communicates a valid point. Hold on, so. I mean, if there was a study that showed that smoking caused cancer in adults, mm-hmm. we wouldn't need or wouldn't expect a study on children before we assumed that it causes cancer in children. If, and if I know masks are effective at protecting adults, why would some I... Some masks in some circumstances. In some, some masks in some circumstances. Why would I not assume that masks would also be effective with children? Because, Why do I need a study just right, on children? Right, no, that, that's a good, it's a very good question. And that ties into what we were just talking about. Because I don't know about your kids, but almost all kids in America are wearing a cloth mask. That's the, the majority of kids in schools are right. Not all, but the that's ma- why they're not effective, by the way. To, right, <laughs> correct. So what's interesting, and this is not even, this is not a, um, this is not like a controversial point. Like there, a guy named Michael Osterholm, who is like a super kind of insidery guy. He was on Biden's COVID task force. He has publicly and repeatedly talked about how cloth masks are only marginally effective. You really need an N95. A person named Celine Gounder. This is also for outgoing transmission. It's it's, it's for both, right? For for the recipient and the the. Fauci said it too. Yeah, right. we had so, this right. in the be- very beginning. So, I yelled at her about. Okay, it. so 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 let's start establishing some things here. One is the difference between masks and what the and Celine Gounder, who's an, uh, an infectious disease person, she also was on Biden's task force. She's talked about this and she tweeted a um, chart and it showed that if both the recipient and the 
I don't know what the term is, the, the infected person, are both wearing a cloth mask. They estimated it at roughly 27 minutes of protection. You know, th- th- this is a total estimate, by the way. But um, Not 26, not 28. Exactly. I mean, so, <laughs> but anyway, now, if you're a kid in school for seven hours in a classroom <laughs> with your peers, I don't know if 20, you know, how does that square with 27 minutes of supposed protection. So one of the things is the actual sort of like mechanistic effect of masks, how much they're, you know, if you do a study on mannequins and these other things that they've done. Then the other thing is compliance. And there's a different, if you'll notice, I keep saying um, the term mask mandate rather than mass because human beings are, we are, we are not the same thing as what occurs in a lab and humans, particularly kids, but even adults, everybody, like wearing a mask is abnormal. It's annoying. It's weird. You want to take it off to breathe better if you want to talk to somebody. And that's, I think, another one of the big reasons why the mask mandates are not necessarily, are not necessarily seeing a particular effect. Remember, this study was 90,000 students, and they did not see a statistically significant benefit. So part of it probably has to do with the type of mask that most of the people are wearing, and part of it probably has to do with the fact that masks are different from a mask mandate. And we don't know to what degree there's compliance, how people are wearing them. Are they pulling it down a lot? Are you touching your face a lot more often? You know, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, do you want your kids, to, your kids to wear masks in school? No, you absolutely don't Well, so here's, here's the other thing that I talk about. You don't want about. them to wear N95s properly worn? No. And I'll tell you why. That, that's, that, yeah, go ahead. Tell I'll me. tell you why. So a couple reasons why. So number one, um, <clears throat> What I try to do in all of my reporting, I'm often looking outside the United States to Europe because it gives people some perspective that we don't, most of the journalists, I feel like, don't typically give us this broader context. And one of the things that I think a lot of people may be unaware of is no one in your, no young children in Europe are wearing masks in schools. The World What's Health- What's young? What? Under age six. Um, okay, so the world, there's a big difference. I know. I'm going to get there. Like well, let, let, He's going to get So there. the World Health Organization has repeatedly, throughout the pandemic, said no one under age six should be wearing a mask, period. We just don't think it, it, it makes sense. Um, the benefits are not worth it. They may not be able to comply properly, et cetera. And because the, the risk of them being seriously ill is so low. Correct, exactly. The, the, the cost-benefit of doing it doesn't make sense. Um, they say age 6 to 12, they don't recommend masks for them either, except under certain circumstances. And so there are a number of countries now in Europe um, where either the youngest kids are not wearing masks. Uh, many of the countries, it's all the way up to age 12, they're not wearing masks. And there are now a number of countries in Europe where no one, none of the kids, all the way up through high school, no one's wearing masks except maybe in certain circumstances, like in a hallway where it's like very crowded. So we have to start first, I think it's important context to just say, well, wait a minute. If none of these people in Europe are doing this, how do we know that we're right and they're wrong? So without even saying automatically that one side is right or wrong, at minimum, I think the CDC and health authorities would owe the American people an explanation for why Europe is wrong and why we're right. And to me, what I find most persuasive is rather than a study, you know, like the CDC study, you know, that they published that I was referring to, is simply observational evidence. There is no evidence that kids in Europe are becoming seriously ill and infected or dying at any greater rate than they are in the United States, even though they have a wildly different um, guidance, you know, regarding masking and a variety of other mitigation measures. That's something that we need to look at. And uh, so observational evidence is powerful. And then the second 
the answer, the second part answer to your question about why don't I want the kids to wear them is kids are at incredibly low risk from COVID. It's not zero. There are kids in the hospital. That's true. Um, kids even die, some of them. That's horrible. So COVID is real. I'm not denying that it's a thing. But the risks of COVID to children are no greater and, in fact, are less than many other things. More kids have died of the flu in many different flu seasons than they did from COVID. That's a, you can go on the CDC's website. This is not my opinion. I'm not like making, so four, some, I think in 2018, 2019, 477 kids died of the flu, um, where in the same span of time for COVID, it was like 400. It was around the same um, or, or a significantly lower. In the, in the swine flu epidemic or in 2009, it was, they estimated 600 well, it, kids it, died. I mean, I, I, mean, I, don't, mean so, I don't mean to be argumentative, sure, but no, you can't no, go by number of argue. people who died. You have to do it by number of people as a percentage of people who had cases of it, right? Well, I mean, you could... But if you, but the population was probably even lower. No, so of X, X, out of X number of kids with COVID, this right. percentage died. But isn't the larger kids. point right. that we're at? If if, four, if 450 kids had the flu right. and all 450 died, right. it's a, there's yeah. there's a yeah. case fatality rate yes. versus population fatality rates. You're right, and 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 death isn't the only thing we need to worry about. Right. We also, long you term effects that yeah, you don't you really don't want know about. All of the evidence suggests that COVID does not pose a risk that's greater than the flu to children then and we certainly know more kids die drowning each year than have died of covid we know more um suicide i mean the list goes on and on um car accidents your kids so it's not that covid isn't a risk it is but at a certain point what i argue and what a number of the experts i've interviewed argue is we need to start asking how does this risk compare to other risks to children one of the biggest i think problems of the messaging during the pandemic from the public health authorities has to not accurately express the age stratification of risk. That COVID is incredibly serious to older people and serious to people with underlying conditions. And miraculously, it is incredibly benign to, to almost all children. The CDC estimates that approximately 50% of kids who have COVID are asymptomatic. I mean, that's pretty stunning that half the kids but, who but get it don't even know they have it. But what about the note? First of all, I think that has been pretty well emphasized. I think okay. most people you speak to are aware of that. But what I've heard... Not to well, the extent. Shaking your head. I think it's a little bit safer for kids. The extent is extraordinary. Well, but, but, but people make the point that kids are a vector. Victor. So that... <laughs> <laughs> so that... Uh, airplane reference. So, so that kids could get it and, and bring it home. And, and, and uh, you know, in that way... Um, De- you know, make the pandemic worse. Yeah, but now that people are vaccinated, that's apparently that's it. right. I mean, I, I think that sort of probably was a was a pretty reasonable argument to make before vaccines came on the scene. But at this point, any adult who's not vaccinated has ch- that's their choice. But I don't see why children should be have a burden imposed on them to protect someone who chose not to get vaccinated. Secondarily, most of the evidence shows that kids are far less likely to infect an adult. Than, than the other way around, than adults infecting children. I, I would disagree with you on the point that you made, that people are unaware <laughs> of, uh, of that, that it's fairly benign for children, because that does seem to have been a... Noam, do you agree or disagree? Well, it seems to have been I, a widespread... I, it, it is widespread, but there's also these polls that show like how, as people are more and more liberal and progressive, they have yep. wildly... Correct. Out, out, wildly Liberals wild- are far, <laughs> far less... Um, correct on on their estimates on the risk to children than conservatives are. 
Yeah. They're, wow, it's like completely mean... off the charts. <laughs> yeah. Liberals think it yeah, is it's far, cognitive far bias. more yeah. dangerous to kids than yeah. it is. The media doesn't really yeah. cover the cases where conservatives are actually more accurate in their <laughs> this perception is one of the, things. This is oh, one of the, the circumstances. The love of God. Right. No, it's true. No, it's absolutely yeah. true. You'll, you'll hear headlines. Uh, you know, X number of conservatives believe blah, blah, blah. But, but this, is, yeah. this, is where, this is the case where liberals are like totally whacked out and alarmist. And the, you know, it's inherently hypocritical, but also we're just at we're at peak cognitive bias right now. If you attach yourself to a notion that is largely emotional without the data, the underlying data, you arrive at screening out everything that doesn't substantiate your already held emotional opinion. Yeah, but I don't. I don't actually agree with him. Well, you're wrong. He's uh, right. So let me just say, agree. no, no, please push back yeah. as hard. Well, right. I mean, push back as hard as you can. So wide knows. So just, but just a, <laughs> let me first just do a, a little tangent here. So. This thing about N95s is very, very important. So um, I even found that this mask comes in a small, because this is the real deal, right? This is for people listening. This is this Scotch, uh, a 3M 1860, back back of the head. They use for painting, right? For painting. Uh, I know, but like when you put this on, you know you're wearing a mask. 3M are the people, of course, that brought his posted notes. It's an 1860, (laughs) and they have an S model, which is small. Mm -hmm. And um, I bought those for my kids, but they're wearing the K95s. Anyway, uh, but I want on our local Ardsley Facebook group. You live in Ardsley? Yeah, I live in Ardsley. Where do you live? Hastings. On ah, we're neighbors. So on my local Ardsley <laughs> Facebook group, I, I posted that, listen, the kids are going to go back and they're going to have to be wearing masks. And I posted the data. I said, shouldn't we be insisting that if we're going to go through this, that all the kids and the teachers wear K or N95 masks? Because otherwise it's Those a total waste of time. They would not post my post in the group. I was censored wow. from the group. Wow. That's great. Usually the censorship goes in the other direction. You know, I was called like, a, why do you want to murder children if you question it? So yeah, yeah. It's, we, it's interesting it's, to hear the censorship yeah. in the other we direction. We had experts on in the beginning of the pandemic, yeah. and we had this exact same conversation, which is that these masks are effective and the other or much significantly more effective. More effective. Well, I, I think what's going on here, and, and then I was saying, is that I, I guess what they're saying is that when you factor in how much lower the risk is to children of serious illness and how much less likely it is that children are going to wear the masks properly, at some point you come down to that, that it's, it's more trouble than it's worth. It doesn't actually produce any effect. And I, and I can believe that's true. However, that really doesn't answer the question of whether my kid should wear a mask if I can be realistically uh, have a realistic uh, uh, belief that my kid will wear the mask properly. And I think that if I can get, if I believe my kid will wear the mask properly. And it's an appropriate, and it's a K95, and it's a. Uh, yeah, th- then I think that um, protecting it from, he or she will be just as protected as an adult would be. And yes, they say it's less risky when kids get COVID, but this is where you lose me a little bit because. I'm really worried about the long-term effects. There are other examples of things like um, RSV, for instance, where they find out 20 years later that actually there is a correlation between having a certain childhood illness mm-hmm. and having certain um, neurological. Uh, n- neurological problems, cognitive problems. You know, you're, like you're talking ADD. about externalities, but doesn't... Wait, but, and, and the final point is this, and this, I think, is, is lost. If we didn't have a vaccine which was imminent... Fauci said fall, not even winter, that the vaccine should be approved to children. If this was going to go on as far as the eye could see, I'd say, yeah, maybe this is not worth putting the kids through it. But is it worth putting it, putting them through it for six or eight weeks 
It's not going to be Why take six the chance? Early. It's not going to be six or Well, even they six need or vaccinators. eight months. No, no, but even if they can get vaccinated. Fauci just this week said he expects the vaccine. Well, well you, just, you just don't be, know that, but I mean, well, yeah. Well, he's not, first of all, he's at NIAID, which is part of the NIH. They are not involved. The, the FDA approves vaccines, so Fauci. But they can be emergency I, authorization. No, no, I know. I mean, I'm sure Fauci's got the inside, you know, the red phone. He can talk. So I'm not saying he doesn't know, but... um. I just spoke to him. <laughs> yes, so you know. Yeah. So a couple of things. I mean, these are all, first of all, I think it makes more sense if you're going to have kids wearing masks. I mean, I, I'm, I'm hesitant to even say this, but like actually wear a mask that we know works. For so sure. That's actually, so what you're saying is actually more sensible. But here's why, but but I would take it in the other, in the other direction, which is that, again, when you're looking at kids in Europe, there's no evidence that they are falling ill at a greater rate than kids are in America, number one. Number two, and you're right. Other illnesses, all sorts of, if you get a really horrible case of influenza or RSV, there, I think I'm going to mispronounce, but it's sequela, which is sort of like long-term symptoms. Your body, you know, is fighting off like a horrible virus, whether coronavirus is not unusual and that it can cause some long-term symptoms. So, but, but I guess what I would ask you is, and there's no right or wrong answer to this. It's about each person's own sort of like risk um, tolerance or, or how they want to live life is, but you don't have your kids wearing a mask normally because RSV has, has been around before COVID. So is influenza. So are a zillion other things. I assume you don't want your kids wearing masks, for, or maybe you do, for that normally. So we have to ask ourselves, what are we, what, what kind of life, do you because you know, there are people now floating the idea of, well, we think kids should wear masks every winter during flu season. Right. Well, and, I, I don't know the answer to that, but I would say that we, I think we have learned a little lesson from Asia that if there is a, like, I remember when my daughter got RSV, it was a time when they're telling us, RSV is going around now. Yeah. Right. It might be actually wise uh, during flare-ups of certain childhood illnesses to have our kids wearing masks. I'm not, I'm not like Mr. Mask Wearer, but um, they, do the, they do do that in Asia. Yeah. And, what uh, about that case in Mississippi? Forget Europe for a second. There was just a big story a few weeks ago that there was no masks in the school in Mississippi. Do you know the one that I'm talking about? I don't, but it's okay. Go ahead. And a whole bunch and of people. And a bunch of kids got sick. No, no, no. Oh, a oh. whole bunch of people died, and they had to mm. close down, like, the entire school district for, like, two weeks. I mean, so. I can pull it up. I can no, find no, no, I, it. I, I, but isn't the blind I, that he's talking about all of Europe? I, What's I, it matter right, what so went on? I, well, no, right. Well, well, I, all of Europe. He said I mean, all of I, Europe. No, but she, she's making it. If, if there was a school where a bunch of kids died, I'd like to know. I believe you. No, no. Well, a bunch of kids died or teachers? She doesn't know. You know, Perry. And were, they, very were they vaccinated? <laughs> no, but she really reads memes most of the time. Here, so. Okay, but all of Europe. He can say all of Europe, and everybody just goes along with it. I mean, he, he sounds like he knows what he's talking yeah, about. No, go, <laughs> go on the world. That's why he knows his stuff. <laughs> you can click through. If you if you go to the um, national websites for you know in the UK in Ireland in Denmark in Sweden no no but stay on this Mississippi you, okay yeah you so, look up the Mississippi so what so is is Periel authorized to my, my understanding was that Periel was authorized to continue the conversation to, to chime in <laughs> on the current <laughs> subject but not to completely go off and no 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 but I but I'm glad you raised this I'm glad you raised this and here's why this is an anecdote. Yeah. And what we, what I think people need to be aware of is, number one, is an anecdote true? And then number two, if it's true, is it representative of a broader phenomenon? So that very well may be true, what you're saying. I'm not, I'm not denying the Mississippi thing. But the question is, does that represent kind of more broadly what's happening, right? So there will always be 
a school with an outbreak. There will always be a kid who gets really sick or dies. There's so oh, we 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 could find that every single week there could be some new story about an outbreak in a school. We're always going to find that. This is going to be an endemic thing that doesn't necessarily there's something like 60 million children in America. So you're talking about there was an outbreak in a school in Mississippi. That's horrible. We don't want that well, to happen. People die. But we also that's horrible too. But no. we also don't know that that has a relation to or not to mask wearing. It may or it may not. Yeah, we don't but, know. This but, is an anecdote about a thing that happened. That's so let me terrible. say two things. If 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 a bunch of kids, young kids, well, died I'm, in I'm, a seeing, of I'm COVID, seeing there was a fatality, but how many? I see one fatality. Oh yeah, she's not a good reader. That's the problem. Um, but it's true, Perio. I see one fatality, unless you're showing me there were more, which is tragic enough. So, but here, I have a little pet theory here, a pet worry. You tell me. You, I'm not familiar with the case, so we don't know. Did the case originate in the school, or did, there's a, there are a number of studies that show students. that schools have an equal to or lower rate of transmission. There was a big study that came uh, was done in um, Wisconsin, published by the CDC itself. The schools. They were in like with really, really high transmission rates in the community, and the schools stayed open, and the transmission rates were much lower in the schools. So we don't. So I'm just saying, there's not. <clears throat> I we, I don't know the details of the story, but I think to me, I don't really either. Okay, that's to me what I think is more salient, and what's what people need to because, and this ties into your stuff about the um, the missing girl and stuff like that is, is sort of the question about like what is news, right? And when you're talking about medical stuff and stuff like that, when it is an anecdote. That's very resonant to people. It's it's you know it, it's emotional. You in the beginning of the pandemic, the New York Times ran this giant feature on some like young guy who was in the hospital. I don't know if it was for COVID or for Miss C. That's the uh, the inflammatory syndrome, and you know it's like just this sort of like handsome young you know healthy boy in the hospital, and it was this like two thousand word piece. That's what people remember, and they're freaking out. But what you don't know is the sixty million kids who are fine. Um, but we remember that, and it resonates with us. But it's sort of the same thing. Remember in the in the 1990s when like um, crime started to go down in New York. But if you look at the coverage on the nightly news, when people used to watch like the nightly news, there's always going to be a murder. There's always going that's to be an outbreak. That's what I meant outbreak. about peak cognitive bias. And right. the underlying consideration is also this notion of zeroism, the notion of reducing liability to the degree that that's the most important, or that's the priority. Will the externalities associated with that will be all kinds of anxieties, all kinds of psychological externalities, all kinds of financial externalities. And so the dangers of zeroism are are something that would have to be considered. In, in well, Most isms are bad, right? Yes, of course. I guess what um, I'm asking, because I think your point, I'm really glad you're pushing me, you're, because your mindset, I think, is interesting. And, it's, I'm not, and I'm not saying it's wrong, but what I would push back so on you is, is, to, is to ask yourself, but what is the end point? Because you're saying it's a vaccine. But listen, just because the vaccine's approved, we know that a large portion of kids aren't going to get vaccinated. No, but so that, then what? But, but as long as my oh, kids are vaccinated. Just feel safe, then you'll feel like, did you know that an unvaccinated child is at a lower risk than a vaccinated adult? So here's, here's something that I, uh, that's always in the back of my mind. You tell me if you've heard anything about this. Yeah. I haven't really heard it discussed, but, and I could be totally out to lunch on this. But I know a lot of people had COVID, and they got better right away. But they still had um, uh, deficits in their taste and smell. Sometimes this lingers for a long time, and that's pretty common. And it, and it occurred to me that that's some sort of uh, synaptical connection or so, some sort of neurological connection which is damaged. But it's very obviously damaged because you can tell that you can't smell or taste as you used to. So, but what if that was cognitive? Would you know 
could you identify permanent damage, a slight... Two IQ points. Yeah, right. or, or you tell, I'm a little more forget. Like, and I worry that what that tells me is that it's possible that COVID can do a certain kind of damage, which is not detectable, or it's possible that it could. It, it, it's detectable if you're lucky enough to have it be where you smell. But if it's just where you do math, I don't know. And I say, like, why do I want? My, I just don't want my kids to get. We have a hundred years of of experience with these other diseases, right? We don't have a hundred years. Well, we actually coronaviruses have been with us for a very long time. Coronavirus, but not this. But this is. But this is. This is a coronavirus. SARS-CoV-2 is a coronavirus, and we know. I never heard of long, long blah 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 for any other coronavirus or. well, the common cold is a coronavirus. Yes, so it's one, of, it's one of them. <laughs> so, and we, and interestingly enough, coronaviruses are generally pretty benign to kids. So, the, and this is no different. This one, fortunately, yeah. um, I think what you're saying actually makes sense, right? There could be some lingering thing, but what I, the way I view it is, but again, you could have that from any number of serious respiratory illnesses, no, no, and you right. don't, and you don't have your for. How, how old were your kids again? Nine? Nine, eight, and... and right. You know, listen, so for the previous, nine, nine, eight, and four. Right. So for the previous <laughs> decade, you weren't having your nine-year-old wear a mask all the time if for fear of if, if the, the child got the flu, that there might be a long-term sequela. But, but, because any serious illness can affect your immune system in a way and lead to some long-term But I think what Noam is saying is that COVID-19, we don't have much experience with it, and there does, does seem to be a little bit different. In, no, Noam knows not one, not two, but several people with deficits in taste or smell since getting COVID. And so he's, t- he's saying to himself, this seems to be a little bit different than the, the viruses with which we are familiar. Yeah, but that's does- not in, that, that, that doesn't counter what Mr. Zweig is saying. It's, 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 it's a layer of consideration. But the externalities associated with extreme policies that aren't substantiated by data are theoretically just as negative. They're both rabbit holes. There's no way to prove either Look, one. I, I pride myself on following the data. And, and I'm, Noam's usually and good about I, the data. I'm quite aware that there's, there's a PTSD that's associated with this whole subject, yes. which I can't wring out of my mind. I just can't. And possibly people can overreact in the opposite way, too. But why, why do you think so many people in Europe have such a wildly different approach to this than we do here? And that, I'm asking that non-rhetorically. Like, I'm curious, like, do they, why wouldn't they share your concerns? No, that's a totally valid, totally valid yeah, point. Because I think about that all the time. Why are they approaching this with, they, you know, they don't want kids to die. Yeah. Um, in, in Nobody in wants England. their kids to die. I don't even maybe. want my kids to get really sick. <laughs> you know, yeah. like if, even short of dying. You don't want, no one wants No bad one things. wants, I got a three, no so, one. And so, so I'm curious if you have like, you know, like why is it that they're approaching it so differently? And I, I, I'm not saying your concerns are invalid, but again, for me, it's just placing it in context with all of the other risks of harm to your children. I'm, you, I assume your kids I, I go in the car I, with you. I, I can tell you all sorts no, no, of things no, no. that are. I, I let my kids drive the car. <laughs> I'm going to tell you the, the answer he to your question get a because Tesla with uh, some uh, some uh, autopilot capability. <laughs> the, um, <laughs> the question you were just asking me what is was a question that was in the bubble over my head while, while you were talking at some point, and I guess the answer to that is I just don't know if the European data. I mean, like, like it, do. The, is this data from places where they had serious outbreaks like we've had? Uh, if, if all the parents are really, really good about wearing masks in a community, 
then the risk of the kids getting it is so much less anyway comes from the adult. I mean, there could be I mean, so many things. And and let me just and I'll just finish by saying, in the last year, so many things have turned out to be not as originally reported. So many things have been mistakes. So just like, I just feel like we playing it I, safe. Yeah, I feel like we're playing it safe right. for the next couple of months. My kids are not bitching about the masks. They're they're happy to wear them. Even my four year old wears it. He tolerates it fine. I'm like, well, what's what's to be lost, you know? Then. Well, I guess you're talking about two different things. One is, should your kids be allowed to wear a mask? Of course they yeah, should. Anyone who wants their kid to wear, you know, that. But the second question is, should that um, be imposed on all children? Because what happens if someone else has a different risk assessment? Some people take their kids, you know, uh, hot rodding or whatever, you know, or like riding BMX, you know, bikes. Other people are like, that's too dangerous for my kid. Some people might not want their kids to swim in the ocean. Now, I understand the analogy breaks down because this is a, um, you know, a, a virus that's contagious. And they're saying, well, you're not just endangering yourself, you're endangering others. But again, we circle back to all the adults have had the option to be vaccinated. Kids are at incredibly low risk relative to everyone else. It's not zero. And to my mind, if I know, if, if you just looked at more kids die of the flu, in many years, and by the way, that's in a short, that's in a flu season, where notice how the government repeatedly talks about COVID numbers. It's a cumul, I know I'm gonna sound like a conspiracy theorist, but it's a cumulative number. It's now, what, a year and a half? Somehow we keep comparing this cumulative number to, to other things that are just for a particular season. The time frame, just I'm just saying it's worth looking okay. at the risks of this for children in context relative to other risks that, of course that they have of faced course throughout time and, and, and face now. So you're mixing, you are mixing two things or in a certain way, which is that on the one hand, you're saying it's very, very low risk to children. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to say, well, this is nothing to worry about at all, then the mask doesn't even matter. Then the reason we don't wear masks is because what are you, you're protecting against something you don't need to protect against. I'd say but, it's nothing to worry about, but, it's, but, but, but does yeah, it outweigh yeah. the... But, the Harms of kids for a year and a half. So not let, being let's able just to see let's just say faces. for the sake of argument, even though it's it may not be the case that um, we don't want any kids to get COVID. Whatever whatever the risk of COVID is, it's something we think is significant enough we don't want it. So right. Not, without getting that, that that they don't get serious illness, I would say that based on the fact that masks are effective in adults, significantly effective, that alone would warrant. Um, Imposing it on. But when you say masks well, are effective, that's an adult wearing a certain type of mask. Right. An adult well, was, might be I was popping there. into I was a store there. for ten minutes, I, I not would say, in a room I would, for seven hours. I would say, well, okay. in healthcare, I would say it is worth imposing it on all kids if we we also make sure that we're doing this like adults and we use proper masks and the proper fitting. So, so that, you want kids to wear an N9? I mean, you're. Yeah, why aren't you wearing wear, it right now? Why aren't you wearing the N95? Excellent now? question, Mr. Zuhai. Why? If you look at the, um, I forget, I'm going to mispronounce her name, but Biden's press secretary, Saki. Yeah, Jen Saki. She doesn't wear a mask, and there are video. There is a zillion yeah. videos where you see these school board members talking like, "Oh, oh, oh hold on a second, I will tell you let, let me take the mask off. Hey. It's so hard to speak with." But I will tell you why I'm not wearing a mask. Right, okay, I got a third shot of Moderna three okay. weeks ago. Uh, boom! This guy's, guy's like bulletproof. This guy's had an erection <laughs> for 21 days. And, 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 he's and, been hard for three weeks, and he's complaining about externalities. And Moderna, Moderna as you know, is is, is 95% effective right. against infection. Kaboom! Yeah, yeah. As opposed, so, okay. So everybody should get. But again, I, yeah. I so do think the data out of the UK showed that kids who are unvaccinated um, were at a lower risk 
than even vaccinated. Right. Girls. So I don't know if they, I don't know if they compared it to like the, the boost. But the notion isn't the, isn't the, aren't there underlying things at play here? The notion of zeroism, the notion of trying to reduce liability to the degree that you know lots more children now, from what I understand, get allergies than used to, than 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 was the case in the future because of the way they're protected by their parents. The hygiene hypothesis. It's a hygiene hypothesis. Yeah. I mean, this is a a rabbit hole of sorts. And if you look at Facebook data, young women are killing themselves at a higher rate. I mean, is it as bad as smoking to observe social media? It's I, it, it, None of this ends. And so there's a point at which the overall cost-benefit analysis is always going to be anecdotal. You can never su- you know, supply enough data to form definitive opinions around this. And you have to occupy... Mr. Zweig gets my vote. <laughs> You're all out. No, no I, I find it hard to believe that your kids would wear a mask if they were the only ones in school wearing it. In fact, I find it impossible well, and a to And tight-fitting in 95. I think so. you're misjudged. Ma- I mean, I've spoke to a dozen medical people, and I'm not saying you're wearing the KN95 incorrectly, or, but they are uncomfortable. When they're worn properly, it is not comfortable. Mm-hmm. And the idea yeah, of... Yeah, it's not... To wear that for seven hours a day... It, and again, that's why some of these studies, I think, have found that there wasn't even, even with 90,000 kids, they didn't find this statistically significant benefit. Now, does that mean if you jack the number up to 500,000 or a million that you'd see a benefit? Perhaps. It, it makes intuitive sense that masks are going to work to some extent. I'm not saying that masks don't have a value, but the questions are... Are people going to comply and wear them in the proper fashion for that duration of time? Yeah, they no. are. The kids do. I mean, I have a son, and there are certain masks that have been approved by his school, and they <laughs> are, by and large, <laughs> the KN95. Are they, are they all KN95? No, but there is a list of them that are, I mean, Ridiculous. don't shake your head. I'm shaking my head because why would they approve anything but a KN95? Because some of them have the filters, the KN95 filters That's a KN95. inside. Okay, but... But I th- so and so yeah. If you feel confident that there will be because so I feel there's like a it's study better that, than the alternative. There's a study that came out. Um, the CDC put out. Have you guys heard the Marin County study out of California? And there was like this um, exposure in the school. All the kids were wearing masks. There was a mask mandate. Oh, yeah, they had the filter in the school. Oh, um, and guess what? The teacher wasn't vaccinated, and well, they, and insane. then it spread around. But the kids were all wearing masks. But the teacher should have to be right. vaccinated. No, I, I, so the kids so, got it, even though they were wearing masks. Is that what you're saying? I believe so. Yeah. That. that, that so, the uh, we can. I. I don't. It's. But it's. If you that's look like, up the. Mer- that's like me doing research. Yeah. Yeah. Now. Sorry. I've got. I've got like. 50 <laughs> what happens? I've got le- like fifty different studies. Man. What happens to your lecture about anecdotes? Right. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not. That's a study that the CDC put out that uh, they are. And what, yeah, but it's, but it's an anecdote of a of a particular right. classroom, right? No, that's yeah. a very good point. Yeah. I th- thank you. know what? You're welcome. You're right. <laughs> I mentioned it only because the CDC puts that out as evidence. And interestingly, what they drew from that was, see, masks work, but you but they but the mask mandate didn't work because the teacher pulled the mask down during class. So I know you're saying your that kids doesn't work. If you pull the mask down, it does. doesn't work. So what I'm saying, so to me, the moral of that study, even though it's an anecdote, is that what that showed, even though the CDC said, look, masks work, is that an unvaccinated teacher pulled her mask down during class. Um, that at a certain point, human beings, particularly children, want to see each other's faces. And there's, I don't think there's anything I could say that would persuade you, you, you to, to, to not be nervous about your kids and say, hey, you know what? It, it's, it's, it's not a big deal. Just let them wear a mask a little bit longer. Why not just play it safe? And, and that's 
you're not wrong. Yeah, you're. Uh, Aren't you Jewish? What Jew doesn't think that way? So here's the interesting thing. I am like a fairly anxious, <laughs> neurotic type. They, on, You're one on of us. Of things. But, <laughs> but when you look at the evidence from this, and then when you look at it in context from other places in the world, and look at it in context of other risks, I let my kids go swimming. They love swimming in the ocean. They'll swim in a pool. Don't really like a lake so much. But And something like... 700-something kids typically drown every year um, from swimming. We know thousands of kids die in automobile accidents, but we all put our kids in a car, drive on the highway. There are different risks associated with everything. I'm not saying it's wildly unreasonable for you to want to say, hey, let's just play it safe until they get vaccinated. But I'm saying that doesn't necessarily align with all the other um, risks that you that are imposed on your children in their daily lives and you let them and that's okay we do different things but like if you live in the city I mean walking as a pedestrian in New York City someone gets hit by a car what is it every day or something there's different is that true I don't know if it's every day but there's I mean there's an enormous amount of fatalities from people oh, yeah. being hit by cars and by the way hit by cars yeah, every day guess yeah, what but, guess what cars harm have the most fatality you know fatalities you know imposed on pedestrians Tesla Giant SUVs and like pickup trucks, stuff like that. But so we don't say you're not allowed to drive an SUV, even though you are endangering people more than if you but drove look, a little sedan. But hold up, but we I do all sorts because the I, argument I, I, though is that like you're endangering on, other people. Hold on, we do all but sorts I have, of things I, I, that endanger I have to, other I have people. Self-evident, Mr. Wait, Zouar, these people are crazy. No, 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 no. <laughs> it, it's I, of course you know I've made similar arguments to one or the same arguments that you're making. So I, I'm I just want to, but I I didn't make them in the same context. So. Yes, all these things have risks. Now, you, you, you're always using absolute numbers, but so I don't know how many um, events of swimming there are. Right. For this, but that's not even my that's point. That's a good point. My, you're but, right. That's but, a relevant point. But, but another point is that it's compared to what the alternative is. So mm-hmm. um, I could not ever put my kid in a car. But the idea of a life just never transportation. This right. this is you're not saying you worth have that to put them in a car to go to certain places, but you and, don't and, have to have and, them in and, school. And, and never that. swimming. With that little risk, I mean, that swimming is a, is a big, big benefit and can save your life. And the, the illogical extreme of this is, I said, well, you shouldn't eat because a certain people die of food poisoning. Right. But you have to eat. Right. So you I have understand. to take that risk, You're right? saying you don't have to wear a mask. So that's something that can be So, so like, if, if the risk of COVID is it's a short term and is a big unknown factor there, I would still opt for wearing the mask. But, I, you know, I'm, but I think I, you're I'm ready mis- to be persuaded. So from talking to some of my sources, I think what's going and I'm not a prognosticator, but... What they have told me is, I think people are vastly misjudging when this is going to like wind down. One of the people who I talk with a lot is an infectious disease specialist, and she's um, an implementation is like is her expertise. And de-implementation is very hard to do. Once you impose certain things, it's really hard to unwind that. I think you're misjudging when the masks are just going to magically come. Yeah. Let's say the kid vaccines are you know approved next week. The yeah. mask ain't coming off anytime soon after that. The mandates will remain because but I would support you because there's going to be a huge portion of kids whose parents refuse to get them vaccinated. There's yeah. going to be people who will say, but hey, this is only approved for age 5 to 12. What about these kids have siblings at home? How dare you send your kid to school not wearing a mask when there are other kids who have a, a two-year-old sibling at home that could be infected the same by them. Reason. And they have that's an old person who lives in a multi-generational home. But it's a fair this point. is not going to end immediate like so that's there's the same not- reason gnome doesn't 
give us more money for doing stand-up because he's worried that he can't dial it back. <laughs> right. So I just think there's... Well, once there, he gives us a raise and then he, all of a sudden he has less audience members, now he's stuck giving us more money. Listen, w- w- wages are sticky down. Right. A lot of this is symptomatic, too, of some underlying socioeconomic problems. But, yeah, I mean, there's inflation is inflating away the value that people are able to create that don't own assets that aren't correlated with the... How do we get to this? I'm just saying. <laughs> talking like, about, talking about, talking about I think he's talking about the comedic comedy rate. Not at all. Oh. No, 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 no. I'm talking about much of what's taking place politically is is uh, is an argument over the symptoms of an underlying challenge. You're arguing about the paint job, and the underlying problem is that we've got a transmission issue, and the car isn't moving correctly. But anyway. We'll go back to the masks. But Mr. Zweig is right. <laughs> so, I've ruled. So uh, <laughs> let me say one other point about sure. me. So, so I hope I, it sounds like I, I persuaded you a little bit looking at you. You haven't persuaded that, me no, even the slightest. No, 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 and yet she's the, turned on nonetheless. <laughs> Don't worry about that, Mr. Zweig. She no, puts out. No, not you persuade got, you to not wear masks. I'm saying the idea that they're going to like come off once the, the pediatric no, vaccine. No, 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 I don't They're think not. So. The mandate is going a good to row. be for a, because the same <laughs> logic remains, which is they're still potentially um, endangering other people, endangering an elderly family member. So COVID is endemic. It's not going anywhere. So by this Logic. It's like herpes, it's HSV one. The mask thir- will know, never come up because there's o- if you always have another a risk low worth level. taking. By the way, of course, <laughs> I bang right now. I'll bang right He's, now. That's reasonable. I'll put it in definitely, right now. <laughs> it's definitely worth it. Sorry, we interrupted. So you if it, if COVID becomes endemic, which most the people I've spoken with believe it's going to be. There is always going to be a low level of COVID in the community, including to very young people. Who knows when the vaccine may be approved for under age five? There's going to be elderly people that even if they're vaccinated, the the protection is is limited or someone who's immunocompromised. So then you have to start asking as a society, what are the burdens that we can impose on some people to protect other people. Those are interesting That's questions. That's the interesting question, is, yeah. though. And this is why I'm going to say something now, and I, uh, hold on to your hat because you may not like it. Uh, permission to speak freely. <laughs> I think that um, you've indicated here that actually you do have a political, strong political feeling about this. Okay. That doesn't mean that what your your article is wrong. I don't know if it's political. Wrong. It's like more of a ful- philosophical, I suppose. Or no, but you have a, you have a personal pretty, risk assessment. And, 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 and a lot of what a lot of these arguments you're making reverberate with me because because they're they're true. The, Noam's you, almost always right. You can never unwind case, things. Te- temporary measures always become permanent. That's even in a, in a restaurant, let alone a rent control and right, uh, right. Uh, everything we're doing. Many of those externalities are negative. Uh, 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 we we uh, state, state evictions, and now we can't. <laughs> Moratorium till January 15th. Yeah. I'm having yeah. trouble with a and tenant January, right now. Uh, who's going to pay the bank? And if <laughs> January 15th, people are going to say, well, I'll bank with can, no condom how, right now. How can you do this? You know, so the, these are very, very dangerous things. Moratorium. Um, but... Go, go pay your go pay your mortgage. And, and I don't... And I'm not saying that uh, if you have these political beliefs, it undercuts... The, your, the, I don't know, you know if these the, are political, but anyway. The honesty of your well, what, what, research what, and stuff like that. But I think that it's you have to admit that you do have a strong feeling about this more than you let on when you, when well, you let me, introduced how you okay, came to the well, article. Um, What's with this well, psychoanalysis? Well, no, I love a strong belief. God bless. Fully respect. No, I push me as hard as you can. So I approach the topic, when I say apolitically, I mean, I'm not approaching this as like a Republican who's already predisposed to say, like, liberty above everything else. Like, fuck this. He's passionate. Oh, can, I, can I curse on the podcast? Of course. Curse hey. away. So what I'm saying is I was, I, I'm, 
in, I voted for Bernie. Like I met so what I'm communist. Right there you go. <laughs> what I'm saying is when I said apolitically, I meant I'm approaching the issue of looking at what what I see the evidence to be, speaking with the experts I speak with, and that. But that's different from saying that every human being has their own political philosophy on any particular issue and in life. So, of course, I have an opinion, and any journalist who says they don't have an opinion is lying. There's no such thing as objective journalism. Every just like the Oh, I've read thing. the New York Times. Right. There's no such thing as an objective photograph. It depends how you crop it, what type of... Like, there's no... Everyone has a viewpoint. You can aim for objectivity. So I've approached this through a lens where I'm saying I wasn't politically motivated to support a conservative or Republican talking I get, point. So I get I'm it. saying, I, as a person who's generally a progressive on most of the social issues, I believe in most of the things that Democrats you know, vote for and, and approve of. That's what I meant by approaching it. No, I, I get it. And, 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 this and from that angle. You're in very good and, but, company. But, but, uh, Mr. I, Sam Harris, Mr. Eric Weinstein. Uh, well, he's a You're usually on the right side of things. What? So, so Eric Weinstein, especially uh, Brett Weinstein, especially. But, um, uh, Conservative? Dark horse. The smart guys. Oh, that's what I'm but, saying. Uh, but this ivermectin thing is nuts. Uh, oh, I don't, I'm not anyway, following your ivermectin. Um, but uh, in other words, if, if you no, say, I listen, I don't, I, I, I've done a lot of research. I read all the studies, and I'm against uh, mask mandates for kids. That's one thing. And if you say, listen, I've done all the research, and I'm against, uh, I've read all the research, and I'm against mask mandate for kids. And I'm also against them because they'll never undo it. And people, and we have to kill you. It's a, it's a different I picture. Think so. I think it all, yeah. those yeah. are all, this is not my opinion about like unwinding yeah. um, interventions. This is, there are numbers of studies of people in that field who studies. Okay. They say, as, it's well, I'll put it a third way. Okay. Maybe if you didn't have the strong feelings about these kind of, even though you voted for these kind of libertarian uh, arguments, um, not in Europe. They're incredibly right. progressive, and yet right. they seem to share yeah. my viewpoint. Yeah. No, but the, that's, the that's a thing no. that's lost no. all the about, time. About the temporary staying forever, and, and that they're aware of that yeah. too, right? But, okay, well, I don't. They don't think that way in Europe. So anyway, <laughs> but anyway, if 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 you didn't feel I lost, I lost my train of thought now. If you didn't feel right. that strongly about those kind of philosophical political points, mm -hmm. maybe when I said, well, it's just for a few months, and, and, you know, and, and, what, and these people are losing their sense of smell, and we don't really know the long-term effects, and, you know, one out, of a, a one out of 200 goes to the hospital, um, maybe it just makes sense for a few months. If you, if you weren't armed with all that philosophical baggage against it, maybe just on the data you'd say, yeah, I guess, you know. Well, I tried to, so... You follow me, right? No, th this is actually, this is an awesome conversation. I was like, why are they inviting me to the comedy? So, yeah, you know, yeah. but I'd say th this is fabulous because normally whatever, when people interview me, I'm strictly talking about the evidence that I found as an investigative journalist. I'm reporting on a study. I'm reporting on, you know, from talking to experts in this field. Here's what they found, et cetera. What's interesting about this is I started off talking about that, but then the conversation then segues to, well, once we know X and we agree that X exists, this is a study that shows whatever, but what do we do with that information? Right. So that's a different question. So of course, as a human being, I, like everyone else, will have a feeling on what we should do, which is a different question from what does the data show? And one of the things that I'm going to write about in my book. That I'm, so I'm writing a book about kids and COVID in schools. And one of the things that I think is really important... Called an abundance. An abundance Bureau. of caution, exactly. An abundance of caution, which we have all are familiar with that phrase, is that we have to ask... And the, our, and the subtitle is... 
I, we don't have a subtitle yet. Well, there's going to be a subtitle. Probably. There always is in those <laughs> types of books. It's right? The subtitle is Ivermectin and the Swing Scene. <laughs> so sweet. Let him finish. Let him finish. So, here's the, so, so what I think is interesting about this conversation is we go from talking about, what, you know, what does the data show, blah, 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 to then, but what do we do with that information? And different people or different societies are going to come to different conclusions about how to act upon that information. Yeah. But, um, but one of the things that I think dovetails with that idea is... Is mitigating a virus the same thing as human flourishing? And when you have someone like Fauci, who's uh, or other people, you know, at, at this Walensky at the CDC, their goal is is to do the maximum they can to mitigate the spread of a virus. But that's not synonymous with a flourishing society. Sometimes oh. it is. When we are oh. presented with something that's like an emergency, listen, when this started, I was home, I was wiping my groceries, I was like, freak, I was like, no. But then as I started, I, the thing that started me off on this journey was in April, the cases, they're like, we just need to flatten the curve. We need to flatten the curve. Then everything, you know, we're just flattening the curve. I'm like, okay. And then the cases started dropping off a cliff in New York. I'm like, okay, I guess the kids are going back to school. And a friend of mine turned to me and said, no, they're not. I'm like, what do you mean? We flattened the curve. What are you talking about? I thought we flattened the curve. He's like, they're not going back. And that's when I started saying like, okay, something has changed here because that's what we were told. And then I looked and 22 countries in Europe reopened their schools. And a month later, and then two months later at Two times, the education ministers from 22 countries got together and they said, opening our schools did not contribute to the overall caseload in our countries. And yet in America, the schools were closed. And that, to me, is the animating question of my book. And, what's, and, and part of the answer is that we ha when you have a society where the, where the main people in charge who are sort of like coming up with the policies and directions, when they're lens is one of viral mitigation that's a different lens from a psychologist from a pediatrician it's from an utterly different i will say, I will and say and it's it. appropriate in the oh, beginning but you have to ask hold on, hold is on. it not appropriate uh, oh, yeah. i, I want to say something too go ahead um well i will say this once people write books once you once you commit pen to paper and you have a book deal who's your book deal with it's with mit Press. so there's money at stake once you write a book you're locked in so all of a sudden I'm not saying everything you're saying is oh, correct. Like I'm now. I'm saying once. <laughs> I'm saying we've seen this time and again. Once you write a book, you're locked into a point of view, and you must defend it because you can't say, you know what? Now that I think of it, my book is ridiculous. <laughs> you, you're trying to sell. Well, books. the book is answering a question. I mean, and that's. But in other words, if no one brought up something that just completely. Destroys the thesis of your book. You could alter the but thesis. But my, my, thesis, my thesis you must is defend <laughs> it to the dead. <laughs> my book is about why did America, in particular the blue states, have such a different policy reaction to COVID for children than many of our peer countries in Europe? And how are decisions made? It's sort of an, an anatomy of a decision. So whatever, wherever the evidence takes me, maybe maybe there's a good answer for it. Maybe so, it's, okay. I'm not, so I could even be agnostic and say, maybe it's reasonable, but let's find out why. Why was it different here? Yes. Okay. We gotta wrap up. I wanna say something. Okay. I've, I've made right. your point in the following way. Okay. And you can use this if you want. Uh, okay. <laughs> Noam's been right for 20 years. I the said, first day I've I seen said, him off his game. I said, uh, <laughs> You've been right for 20 years. Anyway, I said this. Imagine I'm a, I'm a tough match. Imagine. <laughs> no, you're just right. Imagine, <laughs> Other areas. Oh, shut up. Sorry. Imagine if the status quo of a uh, uh, 
was it was the initial experience with COVID, meaning exactly like it is now that there's this new virus out here, mm-hmm. and almost nobody's dying from it. But no, um, it's less it's less risky to kids than the flu, and um, there's some people who are asymptomatic, and there's very little hospitalization. And let's even put in all the people who are unvaccinated, who even have that high risk. And let's say that was it. We said, what would we do if that was the initial reaction? And what would we do? We'd do nothing. We would not do anything to react to a new virus, which was killing people as rarely as COVID is now currently killing people. We'd say, oh, shit, there's a new virus out there. You better kind of be careful. And that's it. We're gonna, we wouldn't lock down. We wouldn't, we wouldn't be doing anything. I, I looked through the Hong Kong flu. It had to be at least as bad as it is now. We didn't do anything. And certainly if you take out the unvaccinated and just imagine only vaccinated adults. So the so there's a new virus that kills how many how many vaccinated people get killed? Almost none. Right. It's it's limited. And almost no kids are dying. So the new virus is killing almost right. nobody. Right. What should we do? We would do nothing. So you're steel manning my argument. Yeah, I'm saying we would absolutely do nothing. But yet we backed into that situation and we can't bear to do nothing even though clearly we would do nothing, right? So that's kind of your that's point. Interesting. Correct. I yeah. think that that largely, I mean, there's now, other variables. People, when people think about it, yeah, he, he's got a point there. Like, we're, we're, acting, we're acting very strongly to something now, which we would never react to it this way. Mm. So here's the interesting thing. Right. There are, it depends. This is very regionally focused. If you're in Alabama, that's very different than if you're in, if you go, the CDC is a great map you can click on. If you look from Virginia all the way up the eastern seaboard, straight up to Maine, the cases there are roughly half of what they, or excuse me, the hospitalizations are roughly half of what they were um, back in like late fall and in the winter. Um, whereas in other pockets of the country, you know, the, as we know, uh, infamously, the hospitalizations have been skyrocketing in, in the South, for example, in different places. So, but a regional thing around here, as you're saying, that, but yet kids weren't in school a year ago, yet they are now. So, th- like, it's interesting that cases in some are, that there's not a correlation between, I think what you're saying is there's not a correlation between the risk and what the, the policies that are imposed, they do not necessarily go hand in hand. No, it, but it's very, it's, very just, it's very difficult to look at them, you know, at a distance. Um, I, I just would like to say that we have w- Waylon up. Jennings uh, sort of was uh, prophetic when he wrote, oh, some 40 years ago now, Straightening the curves, <laughs> flattening the hill. Uh, Someday the mountain yeah. might get him, but the law never will. <laughs> that's great. That's great. <laughs> and that's uh, <laughs> that's a wrap. That, 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 that was very Norm McDonald. Yes. Yeah, uh, very Norm. <laughs> um, okay, we got to wrap it up. We have anything, he was a, I told you he'd be a good guest. That was great. Anything, who who thought great. to contact I you? Oh, that's awesome. We would like Thank to wish you happy. Great. 48 years on planet Earth to our dear friend, Mr. Dove Davidoff. Today, 48 oh. years, hey, but- celebrating 48 years of s- complete scumbaggery. <laughs> Such, a- <laughs> Such a banging. Talk about Such a risk. A yeah, talk about a risk. <laughs> um, I would say one other thing, if, sure. if I may. Sorry, squeeze in at the end. Masks, I think, are largely a distraction. The main way to help protect people is, are the two Vs, vaccines and ventilation. Mm-hmm. And that schools, if you, most of oh. Europe, they opened the windows or even sometimes just a door. And if you really want to protect kids, just open the windows. Or if and, you're in a school... And if we could just open the windows to our mind. Right. <laughs> you, know, you know, this, this, the two Vs, the three Rs, it's amazing right. how often that works out. Right. The two Vs. I, I just watched a thing on YouTube with my kids yesterday, and they talk about the, the toilet. It says, 
Only the three P's. <laughs> you know what the three P's are? What are they? I mean, take a guess. Poo, pee, P? and paper. Oh, and paper. It's like, uh, how fortunate that there's three P's. How would I explain? My kids never remember it otherwise. Or yeah, yeah. puke if you drink a lot. <laughs> or puke, yeah. 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 Oh, the four P's. Right. <laughs> it's even, yeah. I mean, and you, you say there's no God. <laughs> no, no I said there is. I said there is. It, we don't understand it. Puke, I couldn't have thought of another thing. And puke is, good. is one of four the... Four P's. Feel free to use that in... The you know, four P's. The four P's, now four. There we go. Where, where do you live, Mr. Swag? So Easy, Dan. I, we live right near each other. Hazen. We're in an area called uh, the River like the artsy... You, you yes. might get an invitation to... No one likes to surround himself <laughs> with... <laughs> With intellectuals, and he invites him. He bribes him with free food, and it works. You have, you have a salon, <laughs> Jewish one. No, no, it is a salon downstairs. It really is. Oh, fabulous. Yeah, no, no. I, I don't know if I make. The, are you suggesting I make? I'm the suggesting cut for, I don't know, but I know Fred Kaplan will never say no to a free meal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's not nice. Oh, but that's him kidding around. You know, uh, I love Fred. Uh, all right, we have to. We have to end. Um, yeah, well, yeah. I can. If you, if you come here some night, I'll give you a ride home to Hastings. Fabulous. Um, uh, that's it. How old okay. are your kids again? They are ten and twelve. Uh, well, my ten is ten year old is what? Boy or girl? Boy. Boy. You sure? I'm yes. Yeah. I'm certain. Yeah. For it's now. A fifth fifth grader. <laughs> right. Yeah. You never know. If fifth grader and seventh grader. Yeah. Fifth grader and seventh grader. Uh, uh, if it was a girl, I'd say maybe our kids could play together. But my, uh, an older boy is not. Not a podcast at possibility. Podcast at comedycellar.com for your questions, comments, suggestions. And uh, constructive criticism. Um, Comedy Cellar open seven nights a week. Uh, shows <laughs> and also Las Vegas. We have at the Rio Hotel in Las Vegas. I will be there, by the way, uh, through um, Thanksgiving, November. Well, I'll be sometime in November. Anyway, <laughs> Google it. Google it. Okay. Thank Good you. night, everybody. Thank God you. God bless, everybody. <laughs>